Me, welcome to our BT reading. Uh, we're on chapter nine of Two Chronicles. Uh, so let's get into this. When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half of the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your men must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in, who has delighted in you and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the Lord your God. Because of the love of your God, because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever, he has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. There had never been such spices as those the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. The men of Hiram and the men of Solomon brought gold from Ophir. They also brought algum wood and precious stones. The king used the algum wood to make steps for the temple of the Lord and for the royal palace and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. Nothing like them had ever been seen in Judah. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for. He gave her more than she had brought to him. Then she left and returned with her retinue to her own country. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues brought in by merchants and traders. Also, all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 beckers of hammered gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold, with 300 beckers of gold in each shield. The king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a great throne inlaid with ivory and overlaid with pure gold. The throne had six steps and a footstool of gold was attached to it. On both sides of the seat were armrests with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at each end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's goblets were gold and all the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships manned by Hiram's men. Once every three years it returned carrying gold, silver and ivory and apes and baboons. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. All the kings of the earth sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom of God, the wisdom God had put in his heart. Year after year, everyone who came brought a gift, articles of silver and gold and robes, weapons and spices and horses and mules. 
Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots and 12,000 horses which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings of the river uh, to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones and cedar as plentiful as sycamore fig trees in the foothills. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from all other countries. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, from beginning to end, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet in the prophecy of Ahijah, the Shilonite, and in the visions of Edo and Seir concerning Jeroboam, son of Nebat? Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. Then he rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father, and Rehoboam, his son, succeeded him as king. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all the Israelites had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and all Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Come back to me in three days. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, if you will be kind to these people and please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, tell the people who have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam. As the king had said, come back to me in three days. The king answered them harshly, rejecting the advice of the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, my father made your yoke heavy, I will make it heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from God to fulfill the word that the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nabat, through Ahijah the Shilonite. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, O Israel. Look after your own house, O David. So all the Israelites went home. But as for the Israelites who were living in the town of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. King Rehoboam sent out Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, but the Israelites stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. I finished off yesterday's video by talking about Solomon and, yeah, and just kind of like putting it out there, isn't it, that what God says, the warning that he gives to Solomon, actually, um, yeah, Solomon didn't heed. But that's not in two chronicles. I overstepped probably there, isn't it? Because 2 Chronicles mentions nothing of all of that. And we've got to be true to that, isn't it? Of like 2 Chronicles. What's, what is it they want you to think about Solomon? You're supposed to be thinking he asked for wisdom to govern God's people. 
God then said, I will give you wisdom like no one has ever seen before. And I will give you, because you didn't ask for riches, I'll give you riches. And I'll make you richer than all the kings before and no one ever will succeed you in how rich you will be. Then the Queen of Sheba comes on the scene and there she is. She is coming and saying, not even half of what I've heard is true. Your wisdom exceeds everybody's. Your wealth then is talked about afterwards. His wealth is described to us. And whereas we might think, oh, that's very, you know, it's a quite flamboyant way to live. And, you know, it is what God said he would do when he did it. <laughs> and I think maybe that's your takeaway, isn't it, from Solomon? It's like none of the other stuff is mentioned. So the writer of two Chronicles is wanting us to think a very particular way about Solomon, about the Lord's dealings with him. Because then there's this massive contrast with his son, isn't it? Where his son uh, then says, rah, and he's coming out all harsh and stuff. Uh, we're supposed to see that contrast. Um, here is the king, um, yeah, who rules uh, with wisdom, even down to the minutiae of how, who's at his table serving, you know, and cooking the food. His wisdom has filtered down into every single aspect of his life. And here's one who hasn't got the simple wisdom to listen to the elders, to those who are older than him, those who have more experience at life. He just wants to listen to his mates. He is not even wise enough to see that being wise in their, in his peers' eyes, is stupid and foolish. Yeah, I think that's the contrast we are supposed to see. So let's listen innit, to Jesus today. Listen and ask advice of those who are older than us and have more experience of life than us. Um, so we don't make a fool of ourselves um, and really mess up our lives. Um, all the best today. Have a great day. Happy Friday. Ta-da-do. Bye-bye.